1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening.
2: You're listening to FP Interviews, in-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. It's Tuesday,
3: it is Footy Prime, the podcast, our interview edition. I'm and we got Jimmy Brennan back here today. B's uh, back as well, Wong is here, he never left. JC is here as well. How's it going, fellas? You good?
2: Yeah, excited to finally have an interview show. We've, we missed a couple Tuesdays. We yeah. did, yeah. L- last week we had... Interviews planned and they bailed
3: on us and uh, you were subjected to, to the five of us doing what we always do, just complete crap, verbal diarrhea. And I think the, uh, the listeners lost out. But today we're making up for it. Today we have uh, a comic. He's a writer. He's a podcaster. Oh, Why the hell would he do that? He's an actor. You know him from Sarah's 22 Minutes and CBC. He's also a really, really big fan of our beloved Game of Footy. It's Trent McLennan. Trent, welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. And I'm glad to replace uh, verbal diarrhea from last week. That's, uh, that's a pretty high bar.
3: Well, time will tell. Let's, let's give it <laughs> we'll a few see, minutes first.
1: We'll see if you air this, but that's fine. You know, whatever. We take our chances. We roll those dice.
0: Yeah. He is an actor. He can pretend that he likes us. You know that guy. Right. Oh, yeah. don't, don't, get, don't get too comfortable here. And, I'm taking myself and, under the table here. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's
4: coming off a bit like Amber Heard, though. Just so yeah. you know, right away I got thrown Amber Heard, Bad actor. We're going to start no. there. All right, yeah, that's where we start. I, I did
2: that's I, a line. It seemed like he wasn't making eye contact with you on this Zoom here. Yeah, I guess. Where's the jury? Yeah. First of all, yeah. Trent, I'm going to ask you this:
3: um, Is it comic or comedian? I, I don't know. And it's is there age. like a, Is is it a thing?
1: It's fine. I mean, comedians just say he's a comedian. He's a comic. Doesn't really, really, doesn't really matter. But people, I find to lay people, people outside the comedy world, they go comic. Like the things, magazines. Like you open up the comic. It's like all right, just comedian, stand up comedian. So just easier.
2: Do you come across a lot of those people though? I feel like those people. I just keep
1: walking. I just if they say, I just keep straightforward. I don't even. You know when you gotta use the bathroom at an airport? You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't stop for the visa sign up. You know, oh yeah, no, this is a great time to so, yeah, no. You need all my info? Totally, totally. Yeah, I've got time. I just blow straight through.
0: Hey, I'm that guy with the comic. I thought you meant the comic book. <laughs> I'm thinking There's X-Men and everything. No, <laughs> Jimmy,
3: Jimmy, Jimmy is a heckler. There's no doubt that he's a heckler. Right. If you go to a club, Jimmy, you're the guy, you're the prick in the first row, right? Screaming.
1: Yeah, we're gonna sit right up front, get a picture of high balls, and just yell stuff.
0: Awesome, great. Yeah. I'm yeah, like that yeah. with the security as well. I'm going to get chucked out in 10, but just don't beat me up too bad, okay?
2: Yeah. Whoever the first guy was to throw a vegetable, that would have been Jimmy in the yeah. 1700s. Yeah. Like, I'm going to throw this cabbage at that comic if yeah. I don't mind. I,
0: I want to know how you,
1: snuck, how you snuck produce into a show. That's what I want to know. I want to know who's working the door that you brought four cabbages and a turnip and they went, yeah, you're up front. I think it started
3: though. It started in theater. I think in England, right? And you're yeah. encouraged to throw stuff at the actors back in those days. So yeah. back in those days, they stank anyway, right? So yeah, yeah. you got a cabbage under your under your coat. You, you, so what? You stink anyway, right? Yeah. But exactly, that's where it began. Yeah.
0: Like I could, I, I get the cucumbers and all that. I mean, we could, you could stuff those. <laughs> but a cabbage? Where would you stuff it, Jimmy? Where would you put that? I'm just saying, maybe down the pants, right? But well, a sure. cabbage or a pumpkin? Sure. Like where are you where are you hiding that?
1: Yeah, you'll never go to any school plays. The back of your pants, Jimmy. You
0: the pumpkin goes <laughs> in
1: the back of your pants.
0: <laughs> I don't think you toss too many. Jimmy pumpkins. Brennan's here. He's here to watch the play. For the uh, what's
1: going on?
3: When, when was the first stand-up? Do you know when? When, when did it evolve did it from
2: start theater to yeah? To I feel like
1: every time I go up there, that's when it starts. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I got to figure this out.
2: <laughs> You're Inventing the wheel every time.
1: I'll tell you what. In all honesty, like I, you, know, you don't worry about that anymore as a stand-up comedian, but. You know, with the whole Chappelle thing and the Chris Rock thing, you know, for a moment, I was like, man, is that the new standard? Like, ah, I just don't like what you said. It's time to go up there and punch you in the head. You know, like That's I was crazy. like, is that the new thing we're, we're going to? And it's settled down clearly. But I chose here in Calgary. And I was telling folks, I'm wearing a helmet. I'm wearing a helmet up there and I'm going to be ready to go. Jersey's tied down just in case, you know. Uh, but uh, but it's been good. I think people want to laugh again. People want to get out. And it's been really good. But that for a moment was a little bit a uh, little bit dodgy.
3: I really hope so but do you think we have lost our sense of humor as a society because you know yes cancel culture sucks right like it's so you mentioned sensitive yeah. yeah everyone's so yeah, sensitive everybody. now as a as a middle class straight white guy it's tough for me to you know say well you what, how can you be offended by anything right it's difficult yeah. for me to say that I, I get that but have we lost that sense of humor
1: i don't know i think it's interesting you know like comedians it, it's there's so many different styles, right? Like you have people who are super clean, you have folks who are edgy, you have folks who are in between, topics go from anything all over the world. And my motto has always been like, if it's funny, it's funny, like funny wins. Like I, you know, Bill Burr always says, he finds it interesting that people will go to a show, they'll watch a show, they're laughing, they're laughing, they're laughing. And then one topic that maybe pushes a button with them, suddenly they're, put off like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, no, no, no. You were fine with all the other topics I was Mm -hmm. talking about, but then we hit a trigger with you when we hit your topic and suddenly it was like, they're not jokes anymore. They're statements, the statement that he made. It's like, no, no, no. They're all jokes just in line with the rest of them. So I I think, you know, we need that release right now. We've had a rough two years. Like you need to be able to go out. And I think it's the truest form of, it's like going to a sporting event. You guys know, like you're in a crowd of people cheering. You're all in the same moment. Stand-up's the same way. You're in a room... You drop that last word, the whole place erupts. Everybody's on the same page in that in that time. And I feel like we need that now more than ever. We need, we need that. I almost feel like we hold comedians to a higher standard than we hold politicians. Politicians get away with murder. It's like, mm-hmm. that guy's still in office? Like, yeah, I mean, he's apologized. and He's, he's going to go to the podium. And he's going to hold the baby. Um, but, you know, comedians, it's like somehow we're, we're, we're philosophers now. It's like, no, we're just here to entertain you. I always say to people, "Do you yell at the screen when you're watching a movie?" <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Second, it's like nah, he's playing a character. He's playing a role. Stand-up's pretty much the same thing.
2: In fairness, yeah. In Toronto, so there's a few theaters where you probably uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a place where they're not
1: yelling at the screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do people still go to theaters it. anymore? That's another Seems question. Do people go
3: to- I watched uh, Ricky Gervais' uh, Super nature this this past weekend right and he yeah, just yeah. he just doesn't give a shit no. right you know no. he says you know if you're offended you're, you're choosing to be offended i mean yeah. it comes to a certain and, point and I, I guess in a career
1: and i feel where, too in like, his case he yeah. doesn't care right now and i feel burr also said that he is you know anything you hear is cut with your own experience so once it leaves the comedian's mouth and goes into your head it's cut with your religion your politics how you were raised, any trauma you suffered in life. It goes through all that filter for you to process what was just said. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. We all, even though the comedian, we've all heard the same thing, we all process it differently. It all goes in different and shifts around in there. So if your intention is to make somebody laugh, I mean, I've never gone on stage trying to hurt somebody or trying to offend somebody. It's like, but you have to have the freedom to, to create. That's why now so many comedians are uh, making folks put phones in pouches, you know? When you go to a show, you can't record anymore because right. they a, don't want to be a viral clip that you're going to use in some segment and go, oh, what do we think about this? But also you're working on new material. So a lot of this is you're saying it for the first time. You don't even know if it's funny yet because you have to put it out there in the world. That's part of our creative process. So if we can't have a full open creative process, then how do you create in general? It's not like a musician in a studio where you're you know, banging around and you're like, all right, we got something. Let's put it out an album. It's like it's done in front of a live audience for a comedian. Yeah. So you need that freedom to be able to create.
2: Change how you workshop. It's like when we go to training, guys. And uh, Jimmy, you know, you, we, we just see the fifteen minutes of warm up, and then it's oh, this big bad secret they're working on plays. They don't let the media know because they'll tell the other media, and then they'll, <laughs> they'll write it, and then we'll be. That's spoiled. always
3: such bullshit, AB. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Like, oh God me forbid too. we we actually you know record some tactical genius out there, you know, reinventing the game. What's wrong with you guys, Jimmy? Like, did, were you that concerned really that we might you know let the opponents know what's
0: going on? Well. Yeah, because we don't trust you. <laughs> Simple. I Jimmy, I'm no, sure but, Jimmy but, was but, the guy that says no, on that side. What what it is too though, you know, even when the when the, the starting lineups are coming out, there's a, there's a certain period. Mm. Uh, they, they don't tell the the media too much because you know, with with the game of football as well, one mistake costs you can end up losing the match. So if, you, if you're sitting there watching set plays and you said, oh, yeah, they're going to go with the zone zone defense I was watching watching training session and the opposition hears that and then they start working on it. So it's it's just keeping your cards close to your chest and not leaking too much information that could bite you in the ass after that 90 minutes and take away the three points. So that's why they, they try to keep it all quiet. And I know you guys want to get as much information as you can, but you, it's, it's limited what what's going to come out of the dressing room.
2: For sure. It is funny, though, how like protective it is that we're allowed the first 15 minutes. So you've just come out. Literally, they're doing yoga, maybe some head tennis. And then the media is pinned to one end while all of this is happening at the other end of the pitch. Like, literally as far
0: as possible. Yeah. For 15 yes. minutes.
2: OK, fifteen minutes up. Go. And all the good stuff's going to happen now. Okay, right. leave.
0: But you know what? It's even even if say we traveled, uh, we went to Calgary and on a Friday we'd have a training session. We wouldn't do set plays there. Right. Just because of the fact that there could be somebody up in the box having a little look and watching our set plays. You're not going to go through your tactical movements and shape because, again, somebody could be watching saying, OK, here's a formation that they're going to do. So everything that you do is behind closed doors. Have you ever thrown a decoy, Jimmy, where, you, where you, you set up purposely different than you would on the day? Oh, yeah. A lot. yeah. Yeah. Normally, we sometimes, you know, whether it was at TFC or with York, we, we would uh, you'd start the game in a different formation. Because they would think that you're going to play a 4-3-3, and then we'd just go, let's line up in a 4-4-2. After 10 minutes, we're changing. We're going back into a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to confuse a manager because the manager be looking, going, oh, fuck, we didn't, we didn't prepare for this. Right. We're playing a 4-4-2. So then they're trying to adjust as well. It's just trying to get a little mm-hmm. edge or mess with their heads, really.
3: Some head games, yeah. It's yeah. like Trent starting a stand-up routine with the, the, the political jokes, you know, yeah, rather yeah, than no. the uh, the sexual jokes, you know, and then you just, you move
1: yeah, there, change right? it up. You go up yeah. and you, you don't face the audience to start. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, he does just the whole time. Do, do we go up? Do we go up behind and we, do we go on the stage so
0: we can face him? How does it keep him on their toes? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, the man, right. The Poznan, the Poznan <laughs> in the crowd, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Trent, yeah, I got right. a question for you. When yeah, you get yeah. up on stage, like I can only imagine the rush that you get and how nervous you, you would be being solo, just staring at all these people. Yeah, yeah. And have you ever had your first joke and you went, oh, my God, they're not laughing. I'm in trouble here. <laughs> oh, i tell you, you're going to love this story. So
1: Jerry D is a good buddy of mine, right? Yeah. So we were, we were doing a show here in Calgary, and I was, I don't know, I was about six, seven years into it. And uh, it's a big deal. I'm opening for him. We're at the Jack Singer Concert Hall. 2,500 people sold out. So I'd open for him a bunch of times on the tour, and all the shows have gone well. My material working. So I go out to open the show. People are going crazy. I do my first joke. Nothing. (laughs) 2,500 people. Mm -hmm. It is, you can hear people's eyelids coming together as they (laughs) And as a comic, you're right. You're like, whoa, like, is my fly down? Am I, what what happened? You do the second joke, nothing. So now I'm like, man, I don't know. Is this mic working? It's the old classic. I'm sitting (laughs) in my mind. I'm thinking this stuff. And uh, start the third joke. And then all of a sudden, I just feel somebody grab me, and I turn around and look, and it's Jerry. And he'd gone out and told the entire audience not to laugh at anything I said. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, I was. I was That's like, amazing. Son of a. Because you were, you get in your own head, you're like, yeah. oh, man, am I, what is going on? Not today, not Calgary. I got people here. Oh, man. But it's funny. I, I always tell new comedians, like, you want to start with your best stuff. You know, it's like it's like when I played, it's like you want to make the first pass. You want to get the first tackle in. you want to you want to establish yourself early and and you start with your strongest stuff generally. But I mean, now many years doing it, you could talk about, you know, your travel day today or it's, it's not necessarily something you've rehearsed. It's just something in the moment that you kind of ease into your stuff as you go. But I, I treat it like I did when I played, like I was thinking about today. Like, you know, you get to the pitch early and you'd walk around and see what the surface is like. And I played left wing a lot. So it's like, what's the what does it look like visually? And like, what are the what's the depth and how long, you know, I do the same thing as a stand up. I get to the stage. I want to get there early before the crowd gets there. I want to get on the stage, see how wide it is, how long it is, what the lighting is going to be like. Like I want all that familiarity before I get up there. And uh, so then on the when it's time, it's like you just go up and you feel like you're somewhat home already, you know, because. So I I still use some of the same things I used when I played, you know. Do you you
3: still sense, like when you play football, do you still sense straight away the energy of of the audience, whether they're going to be a a good one or a bad one? And do you feed off that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, I feel like I tell the audience all the time, we're judging you just as much as you're judging us. You know, like we. I, I watch people walk in at a comedy club and you're like, Oh, that table's drunk. Oh no. Is that a stag Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh Christ. They're going to want attention. Uh, you know, it's always, they're always thinking that stuff. So, and you know when there's a buzz in the room when they're really, really excited, you're like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. If it's really dead and no one's really chatting at all, it's kind of dull. You're like, oh, it's going to be uphill tonight. So you're always judging those things and taking in that data. I think even, but I think it's the same thing you do when you play soccer. You know, it's like, uh, what what do we got here today? What are the what cards are stacked against us? You know,
2: I don't know if you know Trent, but you're actually in the presence of Canadian football, university football greatness uh, of the Vanier Cup variety. Producer Dan Wong has a Vanier Cup ring that he tells us about quite often. Oh, Most yeah, shows go, actually. Yeah.
1: Dead. you break that at at parties is that the, the no, I, yeah All right I, unfortunately I put it on I'm my penis it. it's in the case I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get my it penis. Oh, <laughs> fellas don't leave fellas oh,
4: it's, down there it around to... my, it's my cock ring um, <laughs> oh,
0: it's down there with the cucumber <laughs> that's right and the potato <laughs> at the back
1: <laughs> honey did you make a salad oh my ring was on the <laughs> I'm getting ready for jail Trent I'm getting what, ready for what jail what is that <laughs>
4: <laughs> How the hell did that fit on there?
3: It's oh, tiny.
2: I'm sorry. So
4: I was gonna. What, what are the that's
1: things? The cucumber you
2: used? It was a what, pickle. You what, better I, be taking this one. Sure yeah, yes, because that's where I was going. Thing, no, it, it's <laughs> close, but one of the <sighs> things I was
4: gonna talk about. Sorry, B is or ask Jimmy Dickio, and Craig. We always talk about the worst places to play. Right. And Millwall is the seems to be the EPL version of where where's your worst place to play and it doesn't have to be that it can just be hey the crowd was shit i don't want to throw you uh, you know in the in the uh under Ooh. the bus but where yeah. would, did you have a
2: horrible experience you can say regina it's fine
1: <laughs> regina was usually pretty good because they were they just were, the thing about regina would be uh at this gig we used to do at a I think it was called Town hotel or something and it was uh they would serve pictures of high balls like Roman Coke in a pitcher and vodka 7 in a pitcher and the show would start at like 9: 30 and the doors would open at seven. so Uh-oh. I'm the last on so by the time I get on these guys are marinated these people are absolutely liquidated they're just totally like they've been pounding highballs pitchers like just so you're like oh I got to get these guys early or this is a dog fight right but my favorite story to tell about awkward shows is I got asked to do a housewarming once. And I'd already had a gig that night. I didn't need to do the housewarming, but my agent's like, oh, it'll be good. They, they're really excited. It's, it'll be fun. If you want to do it, the money's not too bad. I go, okay. So I contact the guy who's having the housewarming and he says, yeah, it's going to be a surprise. So no one knows you're coming. And I'm like three years into stand-up. No one knows who I am. I'm just a comic, you know? And uh, so I show up at this guy's house. He goes, yeah, he texts. I text him. I go, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. He goes, go around to the back door. Go around to the back door. So I go to the back door. He opens. He goes, all right, no one knows you're going to be here. So I'm going to put you in the bathroom and then I'm going to come down and get you out of the bathroom in about 15 minutes. (laughs) And as I'm saying this, I understand it's insane, but this is a young comedian trying to make his way here. So I'm just standing in this guy's shitter, just looking around at his meds and just whatever. I'm like, what am I doing here? Why am I in a strange man's bathroom on a Friday night? So anyway, 15 minutes later, he comes down and goes, okay, we're ready. Let's go. So he walks me down to their uh, kitchen, living room area, and it's just 10 folks sitting around an island, drinking wine, eating cheese. And then I just come out of the bathroom in my sock feet. Hey, guys. I was at the mall the other day. (laughs) You guys like Burger King? And I'm just – and they're like, what the fuck is he? How long has (laughs) that guy been in the shitter? Who is he? (laughs) Who is he? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they are in shock, and it's not till that moment I saw their faces. Like, oh fuck! They don't, they don't know what's happening. They're just like a six-three black man just walk under the shitter down the hall. Yeah,
0: with no, <laughs> no, no flush.
1: Burger King.
3: No introduction. No introduction. Uh, nothing. Just,
1: just <laughs> what's happening? And they've got a dog. The dog is sniffing me. I'm trying to push the dog away. I'm like, what? why am I here? And the thing about stand up is like you want a just for last set or a Halifax comedy fest set or whatever like if you have to do seven minutes the seven minutes means the material plus the laughter that's the full seven minutes it's not seven minutes of material so you have to time this out to know what seven minutes is because it might actually be five minutes but with laughter it's seven so I had like 30 minutes of material that I'm supposed to do but you know what fellas it's hard to get an applause break from ten people sitting at an island drinking wine eating cheese like who the fuck is that So the stuff is just rolling past them. The material, (laughs) so those thirty minutes I had shrunk down to about five minutes, and now I'm doing my closer at five minutes. Like, all right, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) And I just walk down the hall to put my shoes on, and the guy who hired me is standing over me. He goes, "Yeah, what you guys do is pretty tough." (laughs)
4: <laughs> and then jerry d came out
1: <laughs> yeah. it felt it felt like a one-night stand like you're gonna call me right you're gonna call me. i'll show myself it was just the oh it was the worst i drove home i was like i gotta shower i just gotta get to yeah. wash this off me just yeah it's so that tough. was uh that's the ones you do when you're starting out where you're like man you know you but it does make you tougher because then when you get to a comedy club or a real show you're like nothing will ever be as tough as a green room being another man's bathroom
3: yeah. <laughs> no kidding. That's, that's it. That's rock bottom, almost, right? As a comedian. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the qu- questions that I'd written up was: Who do you think has more horror stories from the road, comedians or Canadians that have played in CONCACAF?
1: Oh, that's a great mm-hmm. question. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've heard the stories, right? Like I've had, I've talked to the guys, you know, and Dero and stuff too, and talked about, you know, the bags of piss and the hotel situations and stuff. But you know, the similarity is no one gives a shit, right? Like Jimmy, like when you showed up to play, no one cares what happened before game time and your travel situation and the fact that the food was shit. Like they just want the performance of four o'clock and standup was the same thing. Like yeah. don't care you didn't sleep. Don't care you got the flu. Don't care that you, you know, your stomach's not feeling great. It's like we paid our money, make me laugh at eight o'clock. So it's like, you have to develop that callus of just like going, forget about what happened during the day or take it on stage with you and make it funny. But it was like, you have to do the business. I always say to people, that's the difference between being a pro and an amateur an amateur is going to do it when they're in the mood to do it. You're feeling it. Oh, all the, all this, the, all the environment set up for you to succeed. Do it when it's stacked against you, do it when yeah. you're throwing bags of piss and do it when you didn't sleep and do it when the microphone is shit and do it when that's when you, you were in your chops, I think. So it's, I think there's a lot of similarities, sadly.
3: I imagine also it's that ability to, to shake off a joke that doesn't hit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's much like at football, you have a, you know, you miss a sitter or whatever and yeah. oh, shake it off that the veterans can do that. It but it takes fun, a while yeah. to get to that point. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And I think even when I joined 22 minutes, you know, six years ago, like Mark Critch is a good friend of mine and castmate, and Mark had great advice for me. He's like, you know, we have a good show last week or you had a good week for yourself personally. It's irrelevant because we're, because we're already on to the next week. If you had a bad week, It's irrelevant. So it's just like an athlete, you know, like you, you don't get to hang your hat on the fact you had a great game on a Saturday. It's like, okay, we go again in two or three days time. Or we like, there's no patting yourself on the back, but also you also can't get too low about a bad set or a bad game. It's like, you have to kind of find that even keel to just keep going, keep going. But when I started, it was hard. Cause the swings were so dramatic, you know, like you'd have a great set and you're like, oh, I'm the greatest comedian in the world. And then you'd eat your shit. You're like, Oh Jesus, I should be an accountant. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, the swings were so drastic. Yeah. So it's, it's about just staying even keeled, learning taking data in from everything that happens too. like, if you had a rough night, why did you have a rough night? Like, what was it about that? How did you start the set? How did you finish it? Did you lose confidence at some point up there? Did you, were you nervous? Whatever it is, you can always take data from it and, uh, so I try and use those same principles.
2: Interesting, man. Um, yeah, this hour has twenty-two minutes. You're going to season thirty, right? This has been yeah. running for thirty years. Great political satire. <laughs> Did you find that the last few years, like the Trump era, you've been on for six seasons, as you said, like was it harder because what was happening in real life was so unbelievable? And normally yeah. that would be funny. Was it must have been harder? I feel like to to cover politics and try and make it funny in that style.
1: Well, yeah, because it's and it's because he's he's already a joke, right? Like it's like you don't you can't you can't make fun of someone who's already at that level you're like you're already you're already a satire of politicians like you're you're already doing that as as he is so for us it was mark did a great impression of him so it worked out really well for us but uh the other thing we had to deal with was the saturation of trump right because he was everywhere all the time Mm -hmm. and because our show comes on on tuesdays if something happened in the news on a friday How many people have already beat the shit out of that premise and topic by the time we air on a Tuesday night? So you always have to kind of think, well, what's the most current thing we can do? Or is our angle unique in comparison to what Kim was doing or SNL is doing or whatever? You always have to be aware of what your competition is doing, too. So it made it difficult at times, but we did get some good material out of it. But it was such a unique time. You know, with with that whole thing, because you're like, that, what is he going to do next? And like, oh, he did not. That's not real. That's fake. Right. No, that is actually real. So <laughs> it, uh, it always kept us on our toes.
3: What, what is your process for, for writing jokes? I've always wondered this. You know, I mean, obviously different comics have different processes. But like, do you have a little notepad that you, you put your long term ideas in, you're working them over the course of weeks and months or even years, maybe? And yeah. then sometimes, boom, middle of the night, great line comes to you and you yeah. work from there.
1: I, I sit down, I try to sit down at least an hour a day and go, okay, like what, what frustrated me? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah.
2: We do what, the same before podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, guy,
1: that guy in traffic today. Why did he do that? Why? What? That's going in. I say it to my lady all the time. I go, that goes in the act. That goes, in, that's, that's going in the act. She's like, okay, great. Good. Um, I think anything that frustrates you, like. Comedy comes from pain and stuff not working out. No one wants to hear about how great your life is, right? People want to hear about like how shit didn't work out and what your possible solutions are to fix it. So that's how I look at it. That's the great thing about phones now, too, because you can just quickly jot, you know, an idea down real quick or do a voice memo to yourself about what you want to do. But at the end of the day, too, James, it's like, you don't know until you get up there in front of an audience. Like, I won't know, because it's funny to me, and I might bounce it off you, and you might go, yeah, that's pretty funny, but you and our buddies were hanging out all day, and so we get it, we were there. But to take it in front of strangers at 8 o'clock who don't know you very well, who weren't there in the moment, will work with them, and you will not know until you get on stage. That's why people always say, you can't just be funny on your couch if you're a medium. You have to get up in front of a live audience and see if it works. And, uh, but I still love that. I still love trying to figure out why a joke doesn't work. Like I love that topic. What does not work? Fix it, tweak it, you know, keep the meat away while I'm doing it down. Just uh, tweak it, tweak it. And, uh, and then take it back on stage and go, God, it works now. And right, some jokes take years. you I believe that topic, for some reason it won't work. But then you write another joke, and it's suddenly that forward. So, but I love process the off stage trying to create and generate stuff and come up with new material I love that.
4: Have
3: you ever had the perfect show where every joke hit and you came up thinking man that was,
1: that was what it was <laughs> uh, Well, I about. Mean, what's the other term I'll tell you what the shit one i uh, uh, You can you raise an eyebrow and they're like, Oh my god, that like you have in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this with a friend the other night. It's like running a wave and you're like, Oh shit, I'm almost <laughs> almost to the beach. I just gotta I just gotta hold it. Just don't misstep, just don't misstep. And you feel that when you're on stage sometimes. That's it's just it's just like there's a magical night. There's something in the room that just is is above normal tonight. Uh, but because you're a comedian and yourself deprecating in your mind, you're thinking, "Ah, oh, that audience was too easy. There's right. no way I'm that funny." <laughs> so you're always beating the shit out of yourself at the same time. But but those are special nights, you know, like where you just feel everything goes there with you from the get-go, and uh, and uh, that's why you love doing it.
2: You're a big sports guy, obviously. You played uh, at Memorial, so you've played competitive at high level. Which is the easiest sport though to work into comedy, and which sports fans are the most sensitive? Do you think? Oh wow! Because even in what we do, it's like, huh? I can take some shots at Arsenal here, but there's a threshold where then it becomes <laughs> I'm getting hate tweets for months. I can't go to Newcastle anymore because I made one joke like on Twitter. Wasn't it Palace for you, B? P? Isn't it Palace fans hate you? There's one Palace fan who's a twat, but yeah, okay. Newcastle, Newcastle's the new hate. They they okay. hate me. I, Why I is that? majority hate because the bone sore jokes. No, I made some tweet. No, I made some comparison to them. You know, wanting to believing that they were going to sign Messi. What I did, I thought it was being clever, and it was. I wasn't actually taking a shot at Newcastle fans, but I had taken uh, Mm it. Just googled "sad Newcastle fan," "happy Newcastle fan," and I put this contrasting, you know, like reality versus expectation type tweet. And uh, one of the fans in the photo, like, replied, and then I must have had a thousand replies and uh it was it was good for the impressions Wonger. it was one of those good
1: stat days but yes <laughs> a lot of hate in newcastle so we're not doing that uh, guys trip to newcastle late i've said so what you're saying
0: okay. yeah, oh no no know. no we are we're going all <laughs> well, the more reason to now yeah. put yeah. your shirt on him with dunlop written on yeah. the back and just
1: throwing him out
4: and b i would direct you to keep tweeting stuff like that if it's good for impressions yeah. Yeah, get the, you could be the, the most on reason, hated right? guy at our podcast it would be perfect oh we're that's pretty amazing. close to it
1: um, in terms of your question, I like to beat up on baseball, right? Because I just mm. think anybody could play baseball. I think I, this is here's the topic. I think of all the pro sports. If you took soccer, basketball, hockey, baseball, take something else. I think all those athletes could learn to play baseball quicker than a baseball player could learn to do the other sports. Mm. I believe that. I like that. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think a baseball player would quickly fit into the NBA or the NHL or go into the Premier League or CPL, MLS, whatever. I just don't think they'd transition. They're not even in shape.
0: Yeah, they would, have a, they would have a hard time on the bench eating. <laughs> that guy's eating while he's playing. That's not an athlete. Is that, that guy chewing tobacco? I, can't,
1: I paid money to watch this. Can't yeah. be here. I can't be here. I can't.
0: I'm not going to be here. So I I love beating up on baseball. Like, like, surely there's an issue as well when you swing a bat and your belt pops. That's like, going to be, an gonna an be a point where you say, okay, like i, I got to stop this. Evening. Do they even
1: have a nutritionist, Jimmy? Do they even have a guy who's like, guys, all right, we're going to do – the hot dogs are going to be protein, all protein yeah. dogs. But they had to draw lines to show them where to run, for Christ's sake. <laughs> 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 it's, it's first base. You've been doing it since you've been nine. Just run. <laughs> I'd, I'd like a, I'd like a an I like a
0: guy. I I agree and I think any any sport where the manager wears the same outfit as the players <laughs> that is That's a big difference, difference. right?
3: <laughs> There, there, there's an age limit where you shouldn't be wearing those too. anymore. Right.
0: You don't like, not just Steve, Steve, Cur- Steve Kerr with his like, <laughs> Golden State jersey on short socks. Well,
1: imagine Daryl Sutter at a Flames game, full helmet. Wasn't it Sparky Anderson, the old John,
3: geezer for Detroit B? Sparky Anderson was about 85 years old and still yep. trotting out in those bag- Oh, I look ridiculous. What was, are we doing? That was like, great.
1: What? And they play out 4,000 games a year. I mean, is it. Anything you can play twice in a day. Double headers. Can you imagine the NBA like LeBron? You're playing 2 o'clock, and we got you again at 7. Now, today? Yeah, yeah. You're playing again today. Get some tobacco. Chew it up. Get out there. (laughs) So that's the one I beat up on. Hockey's obviously fun because there's so many, like, just the way they talk and communicate and, like, you know, obviously we got to be better and we know that. Right. And so obviously, right. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you got to have a good shift and get pucks in deep. And I mean, obviously a lot of character in this room. Right. So I mean, like all that stuff is just so it's just easy, low hanging fruit, you know? So, um, but I, I don't find fans either way of any sport, but that's the same thing I told you about Burr earlier with topics, people would be crying, laughing at everything. And then you might hit on baseball and they're like, Actually, it's uh, like, oh, <laughs> we hit your sore spot there. Sorry about that. So, so uh, yeah, people get sensitive about their own topic.
3: Yeah, it's so those sports that are just cemented in tradition, right? They can't break out. Your your, your buddy, uh, Jerry D, I remember back in the score days, he'd do his Jerry D sports report a bit, and it was just yeah. amazing. And if I remember that the hockey players didn't quite know how to take him compared to other yeah. sports, the guys yeah. with personalities and other sports loved it. The NBA guys were all over it, I remember. But the hockey guys weren't quite sure. Who is this guy? Is he being serious? Like, yeah. lack of sense of humor in hockey for I sure. I love it. I
0: loved it.
1: Well, the beauty of that bit, too, like, Jimmy, you know, too, like, it's so alpha, right? Like, people are like, I'm used to you knowing who I am, you know, in sports. So for Jerry to come in and go, I actually don't know who you are. I got sent out. <laughs> Yeah. By my work and who are you, and making them introduce themselves.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, amazing. That. It was amazing. It was like kind of so. So you're right. They'd be on the back foot, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what, yeah. How did he get in here? How did he get Prescott credentials? Uh, but there's so there's a beauty to that, I think.
3: Now, you mentioned uh, you, you played, obviously, B mentioned CAS, uh, East Coast soccer. Um, is it how big is the sport out there these days? I mean, we always hear about, you know, CPLs expanding. Halifax is a team now. Um, Stephen Hart's so he kind of revered out there in those circles. Yeah. But how is the sport out there?
1: It's great. Like in Newfoundland, Labrador, there's so many kids playing. Like it's 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 surpassed hockey. It's like kids are playing all the time. Uh, there's more money in the game now too. When I played, of course, there was you know facilities were pretty minimal, and you you were doing the best you can. But you know nationals when they'd have Challenge Cup stuff there, like five thousand people coming out to watch semifinals and finals. Like people are really really jacked up for it. And I was talking to someone the other day, but actually I'd love to see, a, you know, a CPL team go to St. John's. I think it would work really, really well. I know there's there's financial things and logistics and all that stuff, but I feel like that city and that province would really get behind it. As you guys know, Canada's last time qualifying for the World Cup. Where did they clinch it? Before this yeah. last time, St. John's, Newfoundland, King George V Park, place was on wheels. Um People love it, and they do feel a little bit isolated and kind of left out of the, the conversation quite often, you know. So uh, it's, it's alive and well there, and uh, teams are doing a lot better on a national level. I think the level of training has gone up, and kids are going away to academies and different things. So it's it's quite popular, and uh, I'd, I'd love to see a CPL team there. Can you imagine how, in fact, St. John's, Rivalry – Darby Kitchen party brown. off, whatever. It'd be amazing.
2: It. I think that would actually be the longest derby or, or the largest trip in the world if St. John's had a team to go to Victoria because Halifax to Victoria is the second longest. Right. Some, some, you know, two teams in Russia that are farther away.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. It would that be would amazing. be amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Does, does Newfoundland lead the league in funny people? Like, I feel like a lot of our, <laughs> you know, Canadian comedians or just our actors, like there's a lot of Newfoundlanders that are really funny
1: i think it's just uh it's a storytelling culture right like we Mm. the economy has been so beat up over the years and uh the weather can be shit a lot of times so all you had was just you better make light of it you better you better find something to laugh at because is that fog again today for the 10th day yep let me tell you a story like you just you know what i mean It it was what else are you gonna do and i think the great thing about people from newfoundland and labrador too is that we don't take ourselves too seriously so we sure as shit don't take anybody else too seriously And i think you need that in comedy you know you need that like "Mm, i don't want to put you up on a pedestal too much like even like when i go home now people are very quick to remind me (laughs) remind me of like don't forget okay where you came from okay you understand you had a big deal around here you had a big deal no one cares okay All right? self-deprecation, right? I remember you. Okay, yeah. it's you know, such remember. a
0: it's such a beautiful place. though. I yeah. went out to go visit our friend Trent Dan. Yeah. Uh, I stayed out there for about three, four days, and was at George Street, right? The, yeah, and it was just packed with bars, people just jamming, singing, and it was the most welcoming place I've ever been in my life. The people were so friendly. The banter's ridiculous. Yeah, everybody's always having a laugh. And- <laughs> It's such a cool place. Honest to God, if anybody, if you can get out there, you've got to go experience it. And you almost feel like you're back in, in Ireland or you're, you're in yeah. Scotland or England. It's, it's amazing. What a place.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a cool place. And I think people want to, they want you to have a good time too. When you come to visit, they want to show you around. It's like, you know, Jan Arden tells a classic story about how she, uh, she got a cab downtown in St. John's once from her hotel to downtown and uh, she realized the cab driver hadn't put the meter on. So, She's driving. She's seen all these beautiful buildings and stuff. They get to where she's going downtown. And she's like, she's like, to the cab driver, you didn't turn the meter on. I mean, what do I owe you? And he goes, ah, I had to go this way anyway. Don't worry about it. So she just, you know, like it's just, no one, it's just, it's laid back. You get into it so much, Woody yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's just a very chill laid back place. But I think they, they do get fired up about sports and, and, and hockey and soccer and stuff. And I think it would do really, really well there. I think the city would get behind it. I mean, I've been to games at uh, at Wanderers Grounds, and I've, and I I love that that pub culture as well of like everyone hitting the pub first, and they've got the scarves on, and they got the flags going. Everyone goes for a few pints and a meal or whatever, and they all just kind of march up to the ground, and it's like you could do the same thing at uh, at King George and St John's, and and it would be on wheels. Hey, Trent, I've
4: got I uh, sorry, I've got just before I cut out, uh, just because I'm seeing my internet being weird, um, I've got two questions for you, maybe three. Uh, in your bathroom we'll free. story, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll in your bathroom story, yes. Was there any mention of gimp and a ball gag? That's number one.
1: <laughs> I like how that was your first question. <laughs> <What the? laughs> yeah, just as I was I, about I, to talk I, about I Cavalry, question. this is where we're going. I find a question often tells way more about the person oh, <laughs> that <question. laughs>
4: Number two, what city was it? Did you mention the city? It was Calgary. Yeah. It oh, was, was Calgary? Part. And the last one is, what's this guy's address and number?
1: This guy's address will be on my Twitter. Afterwards, you guys can pop by there. He's doing a festival this year. It's called the Shitter Festival, and you could all perform at the actual. The answer to your first question was no, thanks for that. And uh, was it
3: Daryl Sutter?
1: You could have have asked anything. Did he have? Uh, uh... Did he have preparation H? You went with ball gag.
0: Dan's going back to his cellar in a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought a pop upstairs.
1: I just yeah. literally thought a pop That thing. ankle bracelet you have on. Is that <laughs> yeah. do you have to stay in a certain geographic?
3: There's a reason why it's via Zoom, it's because Dan can't leave his house. It's yeah. Right. The I hours think we know over. where
1: he's going before my yeah. internet cuts out. You mean back to the old Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> Down the well. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: With the lotion, You had a question um, there about cavalry B.
2: Yeah, no. Just that like, Wonger's timing is just so beautiful. I love Wonger's timing with that.
1: Yeah, I don't we, think you had him written, he'd written down too. Like I don't want to forget these. These <laughs> are yeah. It's the follow-up.
2: It's the mid-interview <laughs> follow-up. <laughs> the gag. Gag
1: Was there a ball gag? No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: is uh, your season ticket holder for cavalry out there, Spruce Meadows? And you were just describing the match day in Halifax. Is your Spruce Meadows match day the same? Oh, Is it's, it's the same atmosphere. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's amazing. It's so cool. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have all been, but it, it's that game day experience when they open up the grounds and they have all the kiosks going and the food going and bands playing and it's, it's a full day, right? Like you can go there hours early, have some drinks, sit out in the sun. And it it's, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how amazing my first time there, but the whole game day experience kids are wearing jerseys and there was nothing there. I mean, Spruce Meadows has always been there clearly, but, this stadium, AcO Field, didn't exist a couple of years ago. Like they built a grandstand where the pitch is now. Used to be a big fountain where horses used to just jump and stuff around it. And I remember in 2019, it was the uh, Canadian Championships. Whitecaps were in town. Place is packed. Like it's it is just loud. It's crazy. And Tommy Wheeldon's a good friend of mine, as you know. And I'm sitting there in the stands, and as the teams walk out, and I go, "They did it." They. they they fucking did it. This was There was nothing here a year ago. They're, and we're now, the Whitecaps are walking out. And we got a chance to, it was just, just a surreal moment to just be a part of that. You can build something from nothing. And, uh, you know, I'm a big soccer fan. So I was watching, you know, Foothills playing the PDL, you know, like a couple of years prior and see like the progression of Tommy in general, but also the club and the core they took to go into Calvary FC. I was like, they've built this. They've built this from nothing, you know, and to go there and see the, the foot soldiers going nuts and the flares and the flags and like i said kids wearing stuff and the hats and jerseys it's like it's a cool cool thing and i'm a man united fan so like i've had shit to cheer about over the last bunch of years so like, to have an actual club in your city now that you could actually get behind and and they're doing their thing and they play good stuff i was like man this is heaven beers sunshine your club's good come on, and there's on let's go
3: there's more chance to see Calgary win trophies this year than, than United as well. So that's oh, yeah. positive. Say that again.
1: That's actually quite accurate, James. Quite quite <laughs> accurate. I'm just tired of that shit show with United. It's just like, what are we doing? We're just I know. The ground and let's start over. You know. So
3: are you? Uh, I'm going to ask you because Beza, Are you? Uh, are you a pro Ronaldo at United guy? Are you? A, it's time to leave Ronaldo. Should never
1: I, come back. I think Ronaldo it's time guy. to go. I think that was a. Uh, I think that was a safety move. If I'm honest, it was a life raft at a time when that ship was sinking and it was like, well, we're bringing this guy back. Huh? you like this guy. Remember this guy when he was younger and uh, don't get me wrong. Love that. He puts the ball in the net. He'll, he'll, always be a star. He'll always be a legend, but you know, the guy's what 36 years old. It's like, is he the future of man United now? So if you can get something for him and if he wants to go, I'm all about moving him. you know, it's like, yeah, get, right. get some, get some money for him and let's, let's rebuild. I think, holding on to the glory days. And I I have coaches to tell me this too. Like, you know, that Jersey doesn't win you games. It's like, you got to show up on the day. You got to do the business. Got to be prepared. I think there's way too much of holding on to the glory days and the class of 92. It's like these players have to build their own legacy and they have to go forward and fight their own battles and get off social media and worrying about all that other shit and go and do the business and win games. And you don't do that by looking backward. You do that by showing up in the day, do the business and you build your own legacy. And I think Ronaldo has his legacy. It's like, it's time to move on. And let's go forward and let, let someone else create their own.
2: I heard you speak about your first soccer coach. Uh, his name was Doug Sweetapple. Yeah. Have you used that name as a character in anything? Because I think that's a phenomenal <laughs> it's name. It's a good
1: idea. It's a good idea. Doug Sweetapple. Yeah, that guy was like, I think every place has that person that's their everything soccer coach you know who just like was picking players up and bringing them to practice and like driving kids on trips middle of nowhere to these tournaments while he had his own family but it was just he was went above and beyond and they just recently named a soccer pitch after him uh the 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 pitch where i played when i was growing up and stuff and uh i go yeah why don't we do this stuff while people are alive why do we have to wait until they they pass on and go here's this pitch in memoriam it's like no, no no he's alive he would see it he could be here for the ceremony you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they did it, which I think was long overdue. And, uh, yeah, he was a big part of my life just about, you know, the work ethic and, like, showing up every day and you fail and you lose and you get up again the next day and you go again. It's like those are invaluable lessons to me as a, as a young person. So I owe him a lot.
3: Yeah, the people that lay the foundation for the sport in this country, you know, you mentioned Tommy before as well, you know, what he's done for the game in this country, the ambassador. He's, he's been um, – I think we're, we're in pretty good shape in many regards. Uh, Trent, listen, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks so much for doing this. It's, it's this been great. Class. I
1: mean, I, I've I've done a lot of big things in my life, and I got to say, this is nowhere near that. But they, these this was uh, <laughs> this was this was up there. This was uh, you know the shitter one. <laughs> She's just above that. She's just above that, and it uh, which is good. I mean, you don't want to be below that one. That one's and the and, fact and that we part. have
4: bull gag here as well. So. <laughs> yeah, just we the fact yep. that you used the term shitter. I know exactly where you're from, brother. Exactly.
1: Oh, God. If you have any more great questions, Dan, write them down. Oh, oh, that, that's uh,
4: Trent McClellan, part two. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: The next me,
0: quarter. i get back to you. Yeah, yeah. That, Tr- that was Tr- great, Trent v. Dan. I'll oh, <laughs> be all right. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, enjoy that. It was great, man. Yeah. I, I
1: appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, all the best with the podcast, man. It's fun to listen to it, too. So keep going.
3: Thanks, Thanks buddy. so much. That Thanks, Trent Ron. McClellan. Okay. Uh, and this has been Footy Prime, the podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone. For joining us. We're back on what are we? Wednesday today? Tuesday? Back tomorrow night, I guess, right? Yeah. Today Tuesday.
2: Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. The holiday okay, yeah. throws you off, eh? Yeah, it always he throws you. me off. Yeah. This one confuses so, me. So, holidays, yeah, we're back tomorrow night. Holidays are for other people, not for people that work in me Or sports. Yeah, no kidding. Like this fifteen years, I just it's just a giant inconvenience. So I try to go to the grocery store on Friday because I forgot.
4: Idiot. Friday night, know. you're spending your night in the grocery store.
2: No, it was the afternoon. I was but oh. I just didn't know why it was closed. Either Sounds like quite the July 1st.
3: a boy. Well, listen, everyone, thanks so much. We're back tomorrow. That's Wednesday. Uh, subscribe, like us, and uh, please keep buying newspapers. Cheers for listening.
1: Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil.